What's up, everybody? I'm Jamal. And I'm Brandon. And this is The Way We Ball. Welcome back, everybody. We took a week off, had to celebrate the holidays with the family. Hope everyone had a safe and healthy holiday season. Welcome back to the first episode of the 2024 season of The Way We Ball podcast. Brandon, how are you feeling after this holiday break? Good, man. It was a good new year. I feel very optimistic for 2024, ready to rock and roll. How about you, man? How was your ball drop? Ah, man, it was it was too good. I gained five pounds, so uh, <laughs> pass me that Ozempic that everyone's talking about. I uh, I went back to the gym today, and I just I needed it. I needed to get back. Uh, but you know, I guess it's okay. Holiday season. That's that's when you're able to eat and drink what you want and not feel guilty about it. And I was told the calories don't count during Christmas, but I guess I was lied to. So no, it's cheating season during that time, man. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Well. It has been a happy holiday season for some teams in the MLS. We're starting to get the rumor mill churning. It's been quiet on the Dynamo front. Uh, what are you hearing, Brandon? Any any stories that uh, piqued your interest over this break? So the one thing with the Dynamo is there's a theory going around that the chips will fall if either Sebas gets bought out or we sell him and get a DP slot or we sell Coco. And I think we need to sell Coco for, for that kind of money. And I hear once that happens, then we'll start to see some things unfold. To me, that makes sense. Do I know if it's true or is it coming from legitimate sources? Like, not really. It's kind of more just the rumor mill going around. But that does make sense to me. In terms of big name stuff happening, the one that's really caught my eye, and we kind of alluded to this earlier, Dennis Boanga. He's kind of listed where he wants to go. It was the French leagues that were really calling to him, but that's not it. He wants to go to Saudi to replace Neymar. And that's interesting to me. Are we doing a swap there? <laughs> I mean, is Neymar going to become an MLS bound if he goes to the Saudi league? So I think that's an interesting kind of dynamic to watch out for as time plays on. I Buwanga to me makes sense in Saudi. Um, he just, it makes sense for both parties. The guy is a stud, right? Yep. There's no denying that. Um, he'll also be competing against some of the best in the world, all those guys that had eluded or had chose to play in Saudi Arabia. But on their end too, it's not an aging superstar. It's not a Ronaldo. It's a guy who still has prime years left in him. Um, and I mean, can you blame a guy for taking life-changing money? No. I can't. So I, I like this idea. Buanga to Saudi Arabia, Neymar to MLS makes much more sense than Buanga in MLS and Neymar yeah. in Saudi Arabia, right? Like, I'm okay if that swap happens. I don't know what's going to happen with Neymar after that injury. Um, do teams even want to do? Do teams want to risk a DP spot and all that money for someone who's 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 injury prone? I mean, I think it's safe to give him that title now after this latest injury. Um, but yeah, man. And then I don't think we we've talked since uh, Luis Suarez went to Miami. As they hmm. say, the rich get richer, and I guess rules don't apply. Um, to uh, to enter Miami because they're they're just pulling out these names and it's like dude we're struggling just to sign no namers from South America Central America so it's pretty frustrating to see if you're not an Inter Miami fan uh, but I feel like we got the last laugh after seeing that uh, that kit that was unveiled yeah today. that that thir that pink kit is is god awful the the only thing with Suarez man like you met you're talking about injury prone. He is super injury prone in his later years. Like there's there's rumors that his knees are absolutely shot, that he's just running bone on bone out there. So how long he can actually play, 
I don't know. It, it, it's going to be very helpful that he's going to have the greatest player on earth on his team. So that that's going to benefit those knees. But I'm not as scared of him if this is, you know, like as Luis Suarez now as I would have been three, four years ago. I think this is just a kit selling move, to be honest with you. Was that a kit selling move or make Messi happy move? I think it I think it does both. So you kill two birds with one stone right there. You win the offseason by signing the big name, you make money from selling kits, you make your superstar happy. But is it really gonna equate to winning games? I, I don't know. We saw what Inter Miami looked like without Messi, and they were bottom of the table. With Messi, does he have to be superstar every single game just for them to make the playoffs? Like I know that sounds absurd, but it's not out of a far cry here. They've got a lot of games they have to play too with, you know, not only Leagues Cup, U.S. Open Cup, now that MLS teams are having to play in it, they have the regular season, and then CONCACAF on top of that. Like, that's a lot of games you're asking for older superstars. There is a name that that really hurt me. Um, I didn't think much about it. Uh, Nicholas Lovedo. Until we found out that Houston was inquiring about him. Then when I heard that, I was like, oh, that hurts, because I would have loved a pickup like that. I feel like... That's what we've all been clamoring for was having that 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 attacker who's been in this league, has proven themselves as a veteran. It's not this project kind of deal like what we've seen in the past with our strikers especially. That guy, to me, would have been a home run if if we would have been able to lock him up. Uh, how did you feel about his his departure from Seattle? Yeah, um, when I heard that we were involved in that too, I did want him. He is older as well, but again, he's a really good proven MLS player, and that's what I'm really interested in targeting. The blessing in disguise here, he's out of our division. He's now on the East with Orlando, so good riddance. That's one less great player that we have to face off, and it weakens Seattle. Like Seattle's making a lot of moves right now for younger Brazilian and Argentinian wingers right now. It's not done deals, but... That's kind of rumored who they're linked with. Those are crapshoots, but Sounders usually turn people out. So wouldn't surprise me if they turn out to be good. But with him leaving Seattle, that's a leader and a legacy player that has now left the Sounders. I think that's going to be a gut punch. I'm here for that. Let's eliminate another top four team from the West. And uh, hopefully we keep on moving up. Yeah, no, uh, you hit the nail on the head. If he's going to leave, I'm glad he went to the East and isn't a problem for us. And if he is a problem for us, that means we've made it very far in the playoffs. So I'm, I'm totally good with that move. I guess that's the, uh, that's the bittersweet ending to it because I think he would have thrived uh, with, with this current squad that we have. And it, it's funny cause you were, I, I will give you credit. I feel like you were one of the loudest people as far as getting a proven MLS guy, not necessarily <laughs> going out of the league for a striker. So that one's going to burn, but again, you, uh, I like the optimism there. He's not a problem for us, so say la vie. There were two names linked uh, to the Dynamo. Uh, do you mind reminding those folks uh, who who they were? Uh, I was looking into it. I'm, I'm trying to figure out who it was. I know it was just two young dudes. It wasn't. I the, so yeah. I, I don't recall the names. It was the guy from Cuba, the left back. Yeah, which right. kind of surprised me because uh, I feel like we're pretty solid there with uh, with what's his name with. Um, Tate Schmidt and then also Escobar. Tate Schmidt so. returning, yeah, and Escobar was solid. So that one kind of threw me off, unless that's a U twenty two initiative. And then there was a, a center back who we were also linked to. Um, and again, apologies for not remembering those names. I thought I thought you had them for some. Yeah, reason. I, it, 
it to me it was just one of those things where it didn't seem like these were moves for guys that were really going to make any threat to play because we have such solidified i thought they were just kind of more depth pieces or hey if they turn out to be great isn't that awesome i i so I, I'm it's why I, I'm so just naive on these two moves because yeah. I really didn't look that much into them because I didn't think that they were going to really impact much. Yeah, we uh, we were too busy looking up TIFOs to worry about these <laughs> players who probably won't even get playing time. That's because this week we have a special episode of the Way We Ball podcast dedicated to TIFO talk. Uh, Brandon, what uh, when you think TIFOs, what do you think of? So for me, I think of FIFA, believe it or not, because whenever you played games, that's when like they kind of raised them up and I started to become aware of them as a little kid. But then now I I honestly think of a TIFO that they're going to talk about in the episode that you're going to hear Julio break down. That is legitimately the first kind of TIFO when I think in my head of a live TIFO. It was at the Dynamo game and producer Shea actually sent the picture of me taking a picture of it. So like there is actually photograph evidence of how I was moved by that TIFO. You know what's the great thing about TIFOs is that they don't get your stadium filled with smoke and not make it watchable <laughs> for the first six minutes of your semifinal match. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know why that's important to me, but uh, but yeah, man. So we reached out to The Surge. We wanted to talk TIFOs and The Surge pointed us to their, what was his title? Do you recall? Uh, I know he was director of just, of just basically bringing everybody together. It was director of... It was something specific. I, I, I yeah. do apologize for not remembering the top of my head there, but I know it was director of something. Yeah. A director of yeah, flags director and of, banners. Director of flags and banners. Julio was great. He was very humble of his title. I'd be bragging about that if I were him. Uh, so shouts out to Julio. I'm kind of bummed out. We went into this huge Lucha Libre talk right after, um, but we didn't get any of that on, on record. So we might have to bring it back and talk Lucha Libre and talk about why The Rock is the best wrestler ever in the history of the WWE, but we'll save that for another episode. Uh, but <laughs> let's let's get into our TIFO Talk segment. So before we get into TIFO Talk, we have a new sponsor here at The Way We Ball. As you can see across my chest for those that are watching, Fellowship Coffee Company. Their slogan is, we bring people together one cup at a time. You can actually find them at 3434 FM 1092, Suite 350 in Missouri City here in texas so if you want some delicious coffee make sure you see those guys these two to kind of tell you a little bit about them ryan and side these guys are fantastic they actually were a couple of vendors at our uh, event that we had at uh, sugarland space cowboy stadium at constellation field they came out ran their coffee and when i say legitimately lines they from the minute we were open to closed back because their coffee's delicious but more on top of that these dudes are just good guys they're the kind of people that you want to see in your community because they actually care about your community they care about you the coffee's delicious you'll love every bit about it and they're always giving out free samples in terms of like their teas that they make they're getting into boba teas as well delicious Cy and Ryan if you guys go out to Fellowship Coffee tell Brandon and Jamal sent you from the way we ball they'll love having you out there and I promise you you're going to walk away with a cup of coffee that you're absolutely going to love let me introduce you to Roger, middle-aged, active, loves his family, and has a passion for sports. Roger not only has his favorite teams, but he can also talk about them with an expertise knowledge. He, for the most part, has knowledge on entire leagues as well, except for one sport. Yep, women's basketball. 
kidding. Soccer. Now, to be fair, Roger was like most people. He's aware of famous players and clubs. And of course, he watched the World Cup. But he didn't have a deep passion for the sport. Now, through our friendship, I slowly started to change this narrative for Roger. I first introduced him to my favorite club, Liverpool. I would show him highlights of big matches, J-Rod top 10 goals, and explain the drama with big derbies. Before you know it, Roger was waking up early on Saturdays and Sundays to watch big matches. One particular day, he texted me, Hey, what's with the big banners in the supporters section? What do you mean? The supporters. They're lifting a huge banner about the club and everyone's going nuts. Oh, that's a TIFO. What the hell is a TIFO? It's a banner the club supporters create to fire them up before big matches. When did that start? Um, I actually have no idea. And that's when it kind of hit me. What the hell is a TIFO? After in-depth research, I started with the word itself, TIFO. It comes from the Italian meaning typhus. In 1935, typhus was one of the most horrific diseases running through Italy where one's symptoms were characterized as emotional outbursts. Soon, the newspapers drew similarities between how fans acted at matches and the symptoms of typhus. Now, the word tifosi, well, it first alluded to someone who had typhus. But now and today, it means fans. Soon, they started gathering in groups where they shared an identity of having a passion for a soccer club. They would gather to not only create flags, songs, and chants, but eventually banners known as TIFOs. These usually represented not only the club, but the spirit of the town as well. Fans would unveil these TIFOs for big derbies, cup matches, or political statements in regards to the club or players. Once a TIFO was displayed during the match, it's customary to burn it afterwards in fear of another supporter group of stealing it and desecrating it. Now, TIFOs first started in the 1960s and 70s, but it really actually started to blossom in the MLS in the late 2000 and 2010. Today, clubs have debuted some truly historic and memorable TIFOs. So, now that I had a history, I started to have bigger questions. How do fans decide on a TIFO? Where do they make them? Who's in charge of making them? How much do they cost? When do they actually decide to debut them? So to answer these questions, I knew Jamal and I had to have an expert. So we called one and started to grill him for information. All right. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, the Way We Ball podcast. Brandon, to kick off 2024, we had to do it big. We had to get on a guest and someone I'm really excited about because I love this aspect of the sport, TIFOs. So what better way than to get the man behind TIFOs here in Houston, Mr. Julio. Julio, please introduce yourself. (laughs) Let the people know who you are. Oh man, uh, that's a that's a big title, but no, the, I uh, the I'm the director of uh, flags and banners for the Surge Supporters Group, so I'm the Tifos for the Surge. <laughs> uh, good, good. I'm happy to be joining you guys, talking a little bit about that aspect that kind of uh, for a lot of fans kind of exists in like this uh, this world where uh, you know they, I think a lot of people have thoughts on it, but it, it's good to to get into the the details of what that entails 
So Julio, I'm going to kick off the questioning here first, if you don't mind, Jamal. I'm going to start off with first kind of how did you even land the position that you're in? I know you say you're the director of it. Do you have a background in design? Have you done this before? How did they uh, say you're the guy? You know, that's that's a funny story. Like I joined the Surge this in 2021. Uh, I've been a Dynamo fan since I've lived in Houston, so since 2012. So I've been going to the games, kind of just watching from, I was in like one of the 200 sections, but I always was drawn to the supporters groups. I mean, I'm from Guatemala, so I kind of grew up on going to games and getting involved in that aspect. So 2021 came around and I joined the Surge and it was one of those things. I just got involved with the group and coordinating. Uh, That's like one of the big... uh, I would say roles of being kind of leading the the TIFO side. So kind of through that and through talking with their leadership, they kind of offered it the background. And this is like the cool thing about the aspect of TIFOs. I don't have an arts background. This was something of more like, I love soccer. I love these types of projects and I like to organize people. (laughs) And that's kind of how I landed the gig, if you will. Uh, And then it's been a lot of learning through trial by error, uh, and the internet, which it's vast amount of resources. And that's kind of how I've uh, developed into that role. That's pretty wild, man. You would always have to think that I would always assume a TIFO director is it's going to be somebody <laughs> that's like, oh, I just design hourly all day, every day. But it, I didn't realize the gathering of people that it kind of takes. You're almost more of a coordinator than you are anything else, man. Like that's, that's something I'd even consider. Yeah. We're fortunate to have, you know, some, some of the folks in our group that are pretty good on the design side. So they're like, they'll have like a a general idea. And then I'm like, all right, we need to get these materials. We need to, so I kind of bring all the pieces together. It's almost like a project manager. (laughs) Yeah. seriously. Uh, Bringing all the pieces together and then just kind of rallying the troops, uh, which, you know, the broad in, in, in the, on, in broad terms, that's kind of what it winds up being. Uh, I know maybe some other groups might have someone that really has like a background in maybe murals or big art type projects. Uh, But we don't really have anyone with that background in our group. So we've kind of DIY'd it and, uh, you know, made mistakes as we went, but we've, we've been able to do some neat things and hopefully we can do some more in the future. So you've, you've, go ahead, Jamal. Well, I just, I, I have a bunch of questions just, Based off that intro, but uh, I mean, before I get ahead of myself, what is the TIFO culture in Guatemala? Is there a big TIFO culture there? You know, Guatemala uh, tends to be, it's not one of the famous football countries in Latin America. You know, we've never been to World Cup. Uh, you do get some of that. Uh, there, There's more, I would say, flags and big banners and stuff like that. And it, I wouldn't, I, I think it isn't until like, some more recent years, maybe the past decade, where you've seen some of like larger TIFOs similar to what you would see maybe in Liga MX or or other parts of Latin America. Uh, but you still get that, like, the culture is very much like everything from Latin America kind of comes from the Argentinian, you know, yeah. supporter culture. And then it kind of gets tweaked and, and whatnot. But the songs are very similar. Uh, you get confetti, you get, you know, balloons, you get the umbrellas, you get the you know, the, the big strips of fabric, of fabric in the section, like all that kind of stuff is kind of very much like Guatemala. Uh, and it's, it's something that's developed uh, over the past few years, but 
definitely not as big as like some of the crazy TIFOs you see in like Europe. Uh, but, you know, hopefully those groups down there, you know, start doing more things. So can you kind of take us through the process of how this all starts? Like, say, how do you guys even pitch it? Once you guys have an idea, how do you start to execute it? Kind of give us the behind the scenes that we don't ever see. Okay, cool. Uh, uh, like the frame of reference that we have was the the Spaceman TIFO that we did in, mm-hmm. in 2022. Uh, that one, you know, between the leadership group and we kind of just through interactions in the group identified people who either have interest in in working on TIFOs and flags and banners or who might have some sort of artistic background. And then we start kind of spitballing ideas. Uh, you know, we have a, a Discord and you'll see people throw out like, what if we do this anime character? Or what if we do this? You know, you start getting the ideas. And then once we kind of, as a group, have a general direction, like we wanted to do something Spaceman related because uh, some of the stickers and some of the materials from the search from that season had a Spaceman. We started playing around with different ideas. Like I remember I threw out, uh, I don't know if you remember that uh, brand new album called uh, Deja and Tendu. There's a Spaceman on there. I threw that one out there. <laughs> Uh, so we bounced around and then we have a guy that's really good with making like digital art. Um, and then kind of through that, we started workshopping it until, you know, he would come up with something. We would have comments, questions until we found something that we liked. And then that once we had that direction, like, all right, how, we'll start deciding kind of like the magnitude of, you know, the dimensions of the TIFO and all the, the logistics of the materials that would go behind that TIFO. How big is your like crew to work on this? <laughs> so that's the, the interesting part. So the surge, I think, has around a hundred and change like members. Uh, but like in terms of the people that got involved in the TIFO at a time, I think like the largest amount of people we had working on the TIFO altogether was maybe twenty five. Oh wow. Uh, but we would have days that it would just be like five or six of us out there painting. Uh, and then the other like really tricky part of like is finding a space where you yeah. can do that. Uh, and with our weather and how crazy it can be, like we, and how hot it can be, we try to find spaces where it's like at least indoor, somewhat climate controlled because we don't want people. Well, it'll be a deterrent if we're out, you know, on a basketball court <laughs> painting, which I know some groups have done. Uh, so that's like a big challenge. And then, you know, rallying the troops and we'll put on on Twitter too. And we'd have people that weren't even part of the surge that came through and just painted for a couple of hours and kind of uh, takes a village. And it honestly does. And we were all like that being something that none of us had done a TIFO of that size. It was scary because it was like, we don't know if this is going to gonna work out. And it wound up being fantastic. Like to this day, like we were so happy about it. But uh, I even joke, like, I was about to get a divorce because my wife was like, where are you? You're out working on the TIFO, like, every night. <laughs> You're out with TIFO again, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was the side chick for, like, three weeks. Uh, that's amazing. Now, I don't mean to sound so brash when I when I ask this, but what's the typical cost of a TIFO? I mean, it, it varies. Uh between the paints and the fabric uh, and, you know, the materials, it could get into like easily, you know, a few thousand dollars, maybe more. Um, 
So, and it mean and it depends on the complexity too. You can do a smaller Tifa for a few hundred bucks. Uh, you know, people can have paints and stuff that they bring, but I would say like a Tifa, like the ones you see, the big ones in MLS, you know, a few thousand dollars just to get the materials and, and everything. And, and sometimes even like having to pay for a space or to all that kind of stuff, some are factors that would be involved with it in, in, in that particular cost. And then there's some elements, like there's a lot of stuff that you could buy here locally. Uh, there's like a whole industry of companies that sell to supporter groups, all sorts of materials for <laughs> TIFOs and flags and banners. Uh, we actually work with a company that is based out of Germany. Uh, and they provide a lot of materials for like supporters groups in Europe, like Eintracht Frankfurt and Borussia Dortmund, like a lot of their fabrics and materials and paints and even like stuff like they sell these like heavy duty double-sided tape for like fabric. So you don't have to sew the TIFO. So there's all sorts of crazy stuff out there too, uh, which, and then you have kind of, if you go through that route, you kind of have to factor in the, the shipping costs and uh, the time it takes to get it to the U S. So who helps fund that? Well, we, uh, so I'm sure you guys have heard Hustletown as like mm -hmm. the, the general group of the Houston Dynamo supporters. Uh, when we buy a, our season ticket into Hustletown, part of that season ticket goes into a fund um, for different projects for the supporters group. So that's something that is used for TIFOs. Uh, additionally, it's funds from the memberships of the different supporters groups. Uh, there's usually something allocated for these types of projects. Like, like for now, like 2024 outlook, like that's one of the things we're looking to do as another TIFO. So we start looking around how much can we set aside to put towards that TIFO. So who's in charge of the hustle town fund? Like who, who says who dictates what amount goes where, when are we going to use this amount? There's usually like, um, uh, there's usually meetings between the different supporters groups periodic. I think it's like once a month discuss different things like logistics within the stadium and so on. And that's where the groups make requests of, well, you know, we need this amount for this particular project and the project's going to be this. And then all the groups agree on it and it gets kind of provided to the group to do what they said they were going to do. So I'll like, uh, is the, uh, Oh, go ahead, Jamal. Sorry. Uh, so like this, the spaceman, let's just use that since we've been referring that who's holding on to that now, how does storage work whenever you're not well, using it? Part of TIFO culture is like, you, you burn don't, it. you burn, you get rid of it. Like it's, it's like a one-time use type deal. Like, cause it's part of like the reveal. It's like, all right, it's a big game. It's like a rivalry game. It's a playoff game. So you unfurl it, you show it for, you know, a, 30 seconds, 45 seconds, you wave it, then you roll it back up. And uh, some groups, they reutilize the fabric. So they'll just paint over it and paint another TIFO. Others, the space in particular, which is so large, uh, we just scrapped it. And we're like, we'll start again with whatever comes next. How involved is the Dynamo themselves when it comes into decision-making this? Or do they, do they even have a stamp of approval of a TIFO that you make? Like, what, where, where do they come into play? They come into play with regards to like the logistics. Like uh, it has to be something that's uh, logistically feasible to do within the stadium. Uh, uh, Shell Energy Stadium, unfortunately, doesn't have a pulley system like some of the newer MLS mm -hmm. stadiums. That fa facilitates like the TIFO 
unfurling and the whole thing because you can uh, either sew it to a net or clip it to a net. And then, you know, that is really helpful. And, you know, you'll see some stadiums in the MLS that have that. So the Dynamo will let us go in, take dimensions of the section, uh, you know, and then we just let them know like a heads up, hey, this is what we're going to do. Uh, with the spaceman, we just let them know. They let us in a few times to to do some things in terms of measuring. And then once we had the TIFO painted and ready to go, the night before the game, we took it to the stadium. They secu- they had security allow us come in. We did a dry run where we rolled it down just to make sure everything works out and everything looked good. And then we kind of staged it for the game so it's in a, in a position where, you know, once the once it's time to reveal it, that everything's ready to go. So if it was like a protest TIFO, Brenner out, <laughs> I'm assuming yeah. you'd have to it's have a decoy. It's funny you say that, but we had a Brenner out banner. That's what uh, I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Did, did you have to like decoy it or how did that work? If I remember correctly, I, I mean, that was one that we kind of last minute, some, a couple of people in the group whipped that together and it, we gave a heads up and they didn't say that it was an issue. So they probably uh, wanted him out too. <laughs> Yeah, right. Like, like, trust me, it's not an issue with me or anyone else behind me. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, speaking but, of, uh, yeah, go ahead. go ahead. No, no, go ahead because uh, this is something completely different. Go ahead. No, no, no. It's just one of those like it, we obviously like the Dynamo usually just points at you know the MLS guidelines, uh, which I think all of the TIFOs in the league have to kind of go through in terms of meeting the MLS guidelines. So as long as we're not going against the MLS guidelines, it's usually. You know, what else could they do? Very good. Yeah, exactly. Um, so speaking of that pulley system, um, I, I worked for a, a USL team, and that was one of the biggest requests we would always get was put in putting a, a pulley system. Are those conversations you all have had with this new ownership group about one day installing that or getting something like that in the stadium? Yeah, that was discussed like for uh, during the time. I, I, I assume, I mean, you guys remember before there was a, a safe standing section and they just mm-hmm. had the, the seat bot, the, the, mm-hmm. the seats ripped out. So there was a big discussion about making that safe standing. And then part of that discussion was, you know, requesting to have that. I think when all of that, these discussions happened, I think there was an issue, I think a, a logistical structural issue that needed to happen for that to be installed. And that really wasn't either in the budget or the plans, but it's something that they're aware of that we would like to have, as part of, you know, the setup. Doesn't Texas Southern play football at Shell? And it's funny you bring that up. They do, and they have used the field goal net. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. We could, couldn't we utilize that? In the past, they've used it, not necessarily the surge. This was before the existence of the surge, but some of the other groups, I think, had a couple. There was a TIFO that was like the the outline of Texas, and I think it said Texas is orange. Uh, And the problem with it is that it's not designed to, to pull up heavy uh, weight, the, weight. Like the, fa- the weight of the fabric uh, so uh yeah there's some issues like it, it'll sag it's it's really not uh for the use of you know a big piece of fabric so it's something that really doesn't work so we got to get a mesh fabric is what you're saying so that way we can uh, <laughs> hoist sail yeah there you go <laughs> there was uh i don't want to give any other teams a shout out on a dynamo podcast, but there was another team in Texas who got into some trouble, right? About being in debt. Cause you had mentioned these companies that cater to TIFOs and mm-hmm. um, does that ring a bell? Do you know what I'm talking about? 
I think I saw something on Twitter a little bit ago, but I really didn't follow that too yeah, much. So basically, Austin FC, the supporters, they were in mm-hmm. debt with a the company. They had this like huge, I think it was the one that had Selena on it and Willie Nelson. They had a bunch oh, okay. of like Texas music icons in their TIFO, but I think they were like in debt like eight to ten, 10 grand, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. So and, it's crazy because it does get pricey, but yeah, there's a whole industry just towards towards TIFOs. And I feel like the US, we're still young when it comes to the whole TIFO culture, but um, it, it is growing. Did you guys uh, watch the, I think it was the Europa League final from 2022? It's Eintracht Frankfurt against Rangers. I don't know if you guys watched that. Up. I don't remember off the top of my head. So the final, like, it's just a crazy getting into the, the price and the logistics and all that. That's the topic that you brought up right now. So they played in Spain in the neutral stadium. And Eintracht Frankfurt made this massive, like, it was almost like the Santa Muerte, like uh, the, you know, that skeleton, holy kind of looking thing. And apparently they paid just like 10,000 euros in tra- the transportation from Germany to Spain for that TIFO. Uh, so like <laughs> we, you bring up that, you know, here we're still kind of in like the the infancy of that, of this as a culture. And then you look at places like Europe and they're doing the craziest things and spending <laughs> the craziest amounts of money to get a TIFO. That's going to be on display for under a minute. Uh, so it's something that, you know, I, I like to see, you know, it's great that all the clubs and MLS are doing different things. Like you'll see other clubs that do multiple TIFOs a year. Uh, that's awesome. And, you know, it's something we'd like to get to that point where we do a few a year and, and, uh, can do it in an efficient and quick way, uh, in an affordable way as well, because like you said, it's, it, it can, it can, it can mount up. So Julio, if I'm at a listener right now and I'm thinking to myself, I want to help these guys, how can they do that? So the easiest thing to do, uh, like speaking particularly for the surge, uh, we have uh, a Twitter account, we have an Instagram account, I think we have a Facebook account. Just raise your hand, like if you if you're like, hey, I know how to paint murals, hey, or even if you don't know how to do anything, like I was when I <laughs> took this role. But you have like the passion and the energy to do that. Reach out. You don't even have to be a part of the surge, but if you want to come and help out or you have an idea, you know, that's something that we're always looking at. Uh, so contact us through through social media. You can contact even through me through my Twitter account because that's where I'm most most active. Uh, and I'm happy to kind of inform you what we're doing or what our plan is. Uh, like right now, we're planning to do something more likely in the early part of the season. Uh, so we're something that we're probably going to get started on in terms of, you know, we have a general idea, I think, on the design, maybe not something finalized, but a general idea, but starting to gather the materials, plan, dates, find a location, all that good stuff. So I'm going to kind of put you on the spot before we start to play some of our uh, ball in, ball out games with you. Is I'll give you an option here. Is there a TIFO that you're dying to do or do you have a personal favorite TIFO that you've already seen? So I'll let you either choose. Is there a TIFO you would like to see or do you have a favorite TIFO? Oh man, there's so many good ones. So uh, I think my favorite TIFO from probably the past 10 years, there's a Borussia Dortmund TIFO where it's like a dude that's has binoculars. <laughs> I know exactly. You ever seen that about. One? Yeah, and I know exactly. The, and in the binoculars, you can see that he's looking at the Champions League trophy. <laughs> And I think in German it says something like we're hunt we're we're on the hunt or we're on we're on the lookout for the Champions League or something like that. Like that was crazy. Like you've seen their section and at that stadium's it's a massive section. Uh so that one and then uh Salernitana uh in Serie A, 
uh, a small club, but they have an amazing supporter group culture there and that amazing TIFO culture. Like they do some TIFOs that it's almost like a, it's like a real, like a, like it was one for celebrating the anniversary of their club. So they go through different like years of the club and they keep unfurling different oh, wow. things. And like, that was crazy. The amount of work and coordination because they set it up almost like if they were screening uh, a movie and then they were just reeling down like different little. Essentially different... it's a giant flip book is what they made. <laughs> Basically. I think they did that. And they, they did one in a similar style with like uh pink Floyd theme. Oh, that's cool. So they do some crazy stuff. I would say those two are probably like the, the coolest ones that in, in recent memory. That's really cool. So, uh, before we, we go on to the ball in ball out segment, when y'all are like brainstorming ideas, cause I think of when we were coming up, so we're like the newest dynamo podcast out there, right? Mm-hmm. When we were coming up with a name, it probably took us like two weeks and we would just like come up with a name, put it in our text thread. Like, what about this? What about this? Like, Oh, that sounds cool. What if we do this? And then our producer was like the way we ball. And it's like all of us, same time light bulbs went out, but like, that's it. Is that what happens with you guys in the TIFOs? Like, does somebody just say something and then everyone's just like, that's the one? It's kind of eventually gets to that point. Because it <laughs> starts with like, it's almost like a funnel. Like, you get all these people throwing out different things. Like, what if we do this character? What if we do this? What if we do like uh, this saying? And it all starts getting thrown in. And then either one kind of sticks out over the rest and then gets workshopped until you get to that like eureka moment. Or someone will throw something out and everyone's like, well, yep, that's the one. Let's let's figure out how we're going to make this look cool. So that's it's usually along the, the same lines uh, with a few more people kind of chipping in their two cents. Uh, but yeah, it's it's one of those things. And it's like, I think one of the from just working on these is like once you find something that gives you that like little spark, like just go for that one. And every other idea gets set to the side and then find it design it set it up in a way that you're happy uh and then go for it when y'all are having those like those get-togethers to create the tifo to paint it and everything what's the vibe like is it like a party is everyone kind of serious trying to get the work done are y'all having beers like what's that like it starts off like a party like the the (laughs) first weekend of that is like everyone brings coolers with like seltzers and drinks and everyone's hanging out someone brings a speaker so it's kind of like that first, I think like with any big project, like that beginning like part of the moving project out is like that. Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> it becomes amped. Work. <laughs> everyone's amped. And then when you get to that crunch time, it's like you're over there, like straight from the office, like just switching sneakers and switching t-shirt. And I'm like, man, we need to get this done. Uh, just so it's it the damn and shut up. Yeah. yeah like, you're like, just silent. No, no one's drinking everyone's just like we need to knock this out and then like for that space fan it was funny like because we that we were still working like a few days before it was against austin uh the austin game the 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 day sales ferreira scored that midfield Mm -hmm. goal uh so like we were you know we get it ready we we bring it up to the section the night before the game we roll it down there's some actually some pictures with the stadium empty and the tifo rolled Mm -hmm. out uh, and then the day of the TIFO is like super stressful because, you know, you get up there, like I said, we don't have a pulley system, so we're depending strictly on manpower. <laughs> uh, we get up there, we talk to the other supporters groups and they're, they're already aware that it's going to happen, but we kind of like, Hey, this is what we're planning to do. We're going to have some guys here. Can you make sure that your guys 
pass it down and everyone's like super cooperative it's it's like great but like standing up there like it was Sergio, the president of the surge myself and jeff we were the ones all the way at the top of the section holding on to the tifo getting ready to unfurl it and we were like we can't even look like hopefully this doesn't get <laughs> stuck hopefully like everything works out <laughs> it rolls out and then like it was like i started getting people sending me pictures and on twitter and stuff like that like how cool it looks so that was like the moment of all the all the hard work and all that crunch time at the end uh paid off but yeah like to your point it's like any big project you start off like super gung-ho and then you get to the crunch time and it's like we need to knock this out is there there a rule well sorry but you just reminded me of something is there a rule or how does it work if you wanted to take a tifo away like something smaller are y'all able to do that or banners what do you mean take it away to to an away game like let's say you want to take something to austin Yeah, there, there, there's limitations, and the Dynamo also limits the supporter groups when they come to Houston. Like they'll say, you can bring a small banner and like five flags. Like they'll set the guidelines. Like I've I've been to Austin away, uh, FC Dallas away, uh, St. Louis away, Colorado away, and it kind of varies depending on where you go. Some will say you can bring in a drum and a trumpet, or you know they limit it, so you can't really do anything too big on the away trips like even for us like we have the surge banner that hangs at the stadium every game but we have like a mini version for away days because they limit the size of what of the banners you could bring in i was gonna say i want to give you a a shout out on that spaceman one because for the longest time i i mean i understood tifos like i knew they existed but i didn't really get it and then i was at that austin match man and when it did unveil it was just that moment where you're like, oh, okay, I get why we do this now. Like, it was just and, – and so from that day, like, I have appreciated them to a whole different level, man. I'm not going to lie. Like, that was a moment I can – that's why when you talked about, like, that unveil, I just – I picture that one every time. Whenever you mention TIFO culture, that's the one that unrolls quite literally for me. Yeah, no, it's, it's one of those, like, I – I knew we did something good because, like, as much as Austin fans like to talk smack online, I did see a lot of Austin fans, like, say that that was kind of cool. So that was like, all right, right you know, I still don't like you guys, but I'll accept Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's awesome, man. All right. So I am getting everything ready. Uh, so we're going to have our reoccurring segment, our ball in, ball out where we go over some topics, and if we're for them, we're ball in, or if we're against them, we're ball out. Today's episode, we're going to have a little twist where we're going to show Julio some TIFO concepts um, by us here at The Way We Ball, and Julio's going to let us know if he's ball in for these ideas or if he's ball out against them. Now, Julio, let the people out there know you have not seen these. We have not talked to you about them, so everything <laughs> you're going to see. Yeah, I've only been... I know that there's a the there's this uh, ball in ball out segment, so that's all I know. <laughs> well, this Perfect. one's gonna be a little bit different for the uh, podcast listeners because okay. it's gonna be uh, just auditory, but they can go to YouTube and see it uh, for these tifos. But I'm excited. So, yeah, for our, this. our episodes are on on YouTube, so if you want to see these tifos, please check out the YouTube channel. All right, so let me share my screen with you guys. And again, these are Julio's genuine first time reactions. <laughs> All right. So the first one is, um, I'm sure you've seen the, well, maybe you haven't. We have that, uh, our sponsor set piece has that Hell in the Shell t-shirt. So oh, yeah, they made yeah. that into a TIFO. 
So that is TFO number one, Hell in the Shell. Let us know your thoughts. Let me see. Are you ball in or ball oh. out on Hell in the Shell? I'm ball in. And that was, it's funny you bring it up because like that, this was one of the ideas that had a lot of traction last year before we decided to scrap the TFO thing because of like all the stuff that we had going on. But like Hell in the, a Hell in the Shell related TFO was definitely like high up on the list. So I'm definitely ball in on that. I like that. That's that's one of my favorite ones. So number two, there's going to be four in total. Number two, we're going to send you two at the same time. What (laughs) is more iconic than Diesel and Hot Cheetos? Oh, wow. So this is our Hot Cheetos TIFO idea. Open it on my phone. So instead of, again, for our audio listeners, instead of Chester Cheetah, you have Diesel. Diesel, diesel in a Cheetos bag. I'm all out on this one. (laughs) (laughs) You know what this reminds me? Like uh, in Guatemala, you'll get like these big inflatable. It's they're basically ads. Like you'll see random stadiums with an inflatable can of Coca Cola or Pepsi on like one of the corners of the stadium. It reminds me of that. Like I feel like it. It's taking me back to Central America, and not in a good way. So you heard it here first. Julio and the search do not sell out to corporate sponsors. I like it. <laughs> the next TIFO idea, and again, these are rough concepts. Um, so this was an idea, but we would substitute this random guy with the iconic DJ screw. What do you think about the DJ screw TIFO idea? And this one I feel could have some traction if we get those purple jerseys, because again, we know what the Dynamo are doing. They're never going to admit it. But we know what they're doing with those purple jerseys. <laughs> they can admit it, but I, yeah. they can wink at you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think I'm ball in. Like, if you do like this with like something iconic from like some a, a slogan, an iconic slogan for him, it's symbolic of the city. It's very Houston. And you want to either in the TIFO send a message about what's going on, the importance of the game, the importance of a tournament, or something from the city culture. So I would be ball in for this one. Which. I should add, I feel like Houston deserves to have a Selena Tifo over Austin. She didn't play the Austin Rodeo uh, at her last Astrodome. concert. Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's they even did like you remember when the Dash had the Love You Dash uh kits yes, yeah, a few yeah, years yeah. ago? And they had like the audio clips of like Selena at the Astrodome and like all these like big important events at the Astrodome. Like she's we have more of a claim than Austin on, on Selena. Look, so I agree. We gave them Memo Rodriguez, we gave them Ruti. <laughs> Lundquist. Lundquist. Will Bruin. Yeah, yeah, give us Selena back. Yeah, exactly. And the last Fair one, trick. which is my uh, personal favorite, if you didn't notice behind me, I'm a Lucha Libre fan. So I just feel like now, strike while the iron's hot, you've got to get a Lucha Libre Tifo. What are your thoughts on Lucha Libre? And again, oh. rough concept. Uh, we would have to do it more justice, but are you ball in or ball out on the Luchador Tifo? Uh, no, hell yeah, ball in. I think I've messaged you on like socials, like because I'm actually wearing a All Japan hoodie right now. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I was going to mention it earlier, but <laughs> this this could have um, went a whole different rabbit hole if I would have. <laughs> I'm all about the Lucha Libre. We have uh, a few guys on, in the surge that always wear Lucha masks at the games, uh, so I feel like it's something that we've already kind of tapped into. Uh, just from and it's 
even though it's not Houston culture, like you could do something really cool with like a luchador or a lucha themed uh, type tifo. So definitely ball in on that one. Ball it. If y'all need an expert, I'm a I'm a text away. <laughs> and honestly, from the four, I'd be lucha would be my top from the four that you guys sent me. Ooh, that that's going number one. Are you gonna that's put a go- player in it? A player in the mask. In the mask, that'd be yeah. They have they have to have like really definable traits, like to be able to identify who the player is. Coco, you could just do the hair sticking out of that. Uh, <laughs> or Ivan Franco, who's yeah. not with the teeth, but that would have been perfect. You could have done. Uh, uh, I'll say that one offline because I don't want to offend anybody. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, dude, I got two. Ex- so a while back, I was watching the Texans, and the camera cut to a random dude wearing my favorite luchador uh luchador luchador's mask which is uh-huh. right there sobadano he he's in uh cmll in mexico city and you would have thought that like i saw a celebrity or something and it was just some <laughs> random dude wearing his mask but in texans colors and i geeked out man i, I like went nuts so yeah if you guys do a tifo do a sobadano mask and uh, we'll get you some fellow uh what is it fellowship coffee on the house there you go absolutely yeah. You know it. Those guys can perk you right up and keep you uh, <laughs> painting all night. <laughs> all right, Julio. Well, thanks again, man. It was a pleasure. Before we let you go, uh, please shout out your Instagram. And if anyone wants to get in contact with you or the search, uh, what's the best way to do so? All right. Uh, Instagram, I'm not super active, so I'll give out my Twitter. That's where I'm usually talking Dynamo, talking wrestling, talking whatever nonsense is on my mind. So I'm <laughs> at julio underscore da uh also wanted to kind of plug in the surge socials because that's going to be the best way to get in touch with the group whether you have questions about just any random aspect of the supporters group or if you want to work and help and participate in working on a tifo uh it's uh, uh instagram it's at the.surge.sg and on twitter it's at the surge sg uh that that'll be your best bet either through one of the surge uh, socials or if you contact me through twitter i can bring you along to what we're doing and uh like i said you don't have to be a part of the surge if you want to help out so just give me a shout nice and we wrap up every guest the same way uh so if you can just let the people know my name is julio and this is the way we ball, and that's how we'll end this week's, or actually the first episode of 2024. Uh, so just let them know. All right. My name is Julio, and this is the way we ball.